You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. How's my audio? Is that okay? <clears throat> you sound you sound you sound smoky. <laughs> pretzels I was just eating. Oh yeah, you sound <laughs> gross. Do you need but do you need an inhaler? <laughs> I have an inhaler. Like crunching along. I have an inhaler from when I went on a run in Aspen and literally <laughs> gave myself bronchitis. <laughs> cool. cool story, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Good start. You Good look start. like so. You look like Aspen. I feel like if someone were to like take it says what, the guy in a brown beanie. Welcome to guys who like welcome musicals. To like, <laughs> welcome to guys who like musicals. We're here with the brightest sunshine r- right from the coast of California. Carrie St. Louis is here in the house. Woo-hoo! Carrie St. Louis from uh, you may know her from Wicked on Broadway or Wicked on Tour, from Kinky Boots or Cruel Intentions Downtown. She was also set to star in Between the Lines, and hopefully that's going to come back to her. Her first gig, of course, was Sherry in Rock of Ages in Vegas. And uh, she holds the record for being uh, longer friends with me than Joe does. So, yes, we're we're unworthy of your your love, Daniel. That's right. I title it's on my resume, actually. I've known Dan (laughs) Tracy longer. (laughs) So not a big deal. Not a big deal. So an actor is saying his lines, yeah. and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think we have to start with that. Like, how did you, how did you guys meet? Oh man, this story. <laughs> you want to take it away? So, uh, <laughs> do you really not know this story, Joe, at all? No, I know something about a, uh, something about Br- Brigadoon was all Dan told me, which was just because you guys were, you were in Scotland. I mean, of course you would only remember the metaphor. No, the metaphor was that it was Brigadoon. (laughs) I quit hockey when I was a junior in high school because my school was going to the American International Theater Festival, LOL, that that's what it was called, which was basically just some group of people decided to like get a group of schools together to take them to the French Festival in Scotland where you too could perform in a theater basement. 
Um, and <laughs> so that's what we, we did. even did it on the street one day. Like we performed. I, oh, on, yeah. In the middle of the street. I'm pretty sure I have a full Facebook album of that performance oh um, that I t- was probably my first set of pictures on a DSLR. TBT to Facebook album. I know exactly yeah. which one you're taking. You're talking about. Yep. But my school thought we were really fancy and we were going to do the Scottish play in Scotland. That went well. Um, <laughs> Who'd you play? I was Malcolm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. The rightful king, uh, <laughs> which is very fitting. And <laughs> so that's where we met and uh, we became close friends and spent a good amount of two weeks together in our... Uh, they're like dorm thing in in a dorm thing that was gender we weren't allowed in each other's dorms it was right right? it was male dorm female dorm and you had to check out of the dorm and that was a whole thing and it was beautiful and amazing and we did have a great time and became fast friends fast friends and uh but do you we need to go into the second part of that which is anastasia can we talk about anastasia and then literally, I think the next time I saw you yeah. was at Anastasia. So we, we also, we met, we definitely met on the train. I went to the Fringe Festival with my right. prep school. Um, and we met on the train. Our, our schools were like seated near each other. And then we kind of just went and saw all the shows together. We spent a lot of time together. And then you auditioned at USC where I went to college. And you ended up dating someone that I knew in the, um, she played my daughter in City of Angels. <laughs> and dated her and then I didn't see you yeah I didn't see you again until after college and we were both in New York I think we had we had like I, we had I talked a couple you, times just being like we're both in New York how crazy and I saw you at one audition for something some reading and then I saw you again at Anastasia. Anastasia final callbacks for the tour final callbacks and we had to sing in a crowd of thousands together of how you would like recognize someone that you've known for so long in a crowd of thousands and I that is like the craziest that will go down as one of the craziest experiences because we're just standing there being like we've known each other since high school and here we are being like you know I remember you I don't know it, it was, was cr- it was fully crazy I totally thought we were gonna get that job I did too. I was like this is too serendipitous <laughs> for us not to get this job we have this whole history. We walked in there and I was like, I don't know if I should tell them, but like we've known each other since like I was, we were 17 and this is kind of the first time we've seen each other. This is pretty crazy. And then we did we not book. We did not book. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now, you know, but you know, we're happy, you know, <laughs> it is a very, very wild story. So it was crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Wait, but were you in waitress at that time or had you not done waitress yet? I had not done waitress. Oh, so I, out. I had a really tough beginning of 2018. And then all of a sudden, I got a couple summer stock gigs. I ended up taking the least paying one to stay in New York. And because I stayed in New York, you got I booked waitress. But I, I, we would have been on tour. That Was the that the summer of Newsies? Was that the summer yeah. of Newsies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw... I, I saw Dan Tracy's Jack Kelly at the Engman Theater in Long Island. Oh, I bet Let you were you. unreal in that part. The he was straight so tone good. The straight was, tone, the pingy straight tone. The pingy you straight. would not believe <laughs> the straight tone. Okay. Fucking awesome. No, that's too much for Broadway, Joe. Sorry. Don't give me that sorry, much credit. Sorry. But Jack Kelly doesn't really have to dance, right? Or does he? Whoa, why are you coming for I'm my dance? I'm just dancing? asking. <laughs> I did it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I've never seen you do a dance. Shots. 
I did not do any dancing. Oh, no, okay. I do the monologues and then the boys dance. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I do the monologues. Yeah. That's that's where I. That love is one that of the show. most brilliant things about that show. That like Jack comes to the front and is like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this." Okay, and then we they go into the dance and he just like slips <laughs> out the back. <laughs> oh like, yeah doesn't dance and then comes Exalt. back just yeah yep. exactly uh-huh i mean that there's exactly. even a part in kinky boots this is like one of my favorite stories but in the at the very in act one finale you know when they're on the treadmills and doing all of that so hard there's this part where they were like and then lauren leaves the stage and yep. and then i was like okay okay what wh- okay and they were like anna lee left the rehearsal room to get water and by the time she came back, they had already blocked her out of the number. And so she just, I just used that water break built in because Jerry was like, I'm not putting you in this now. Just come back on stage. So That is a genius. <laughs> yeah. That's a genius move. That's a genius. That's like, oh, actually, can I move my costume fitting to like right in the middle yep. of the big number that I don't want to do? <laughs> yep. Because I Absolutely. was on the other end playing Harry and... right. Oh, that's he right. was kinky boots too. I totally yeah. forgot for a And second. he was super young in that rehearsal room, so he does all these set changes. Right. Totally. And I'm like, note to self, <laughs> don't do set changes when you're in your Broadway show. Well, like, yeah. try and if you're yeah. covering, well, try and like not have to do all Caroline that. Bowman, because she was the original right. Maggie, and she was like, I just offered to do everything because I was so green and so young. I was like, I'll do anything. And she's like, and so Maggie, that character just is constantly moving set pieces. And Blair would always be like, Caroline, really? Like, really? You yep. had to move this one set piece, so I have to like leave my dressing room. So funny. But same, absolutely same. and that's there why was, i got to spend so much time with the girl who played maggie because we were always oh doggo because we were always on deck together waiting to make our scene changes this is totally fine we are very dog positive on this, oh, okay. this podcast you say hi to him real quick then? yeah oh dog break oh. this is this is this episode this is, really is supported good. by yeah yeah <laughs> pets.com oh yes oh this is beauregard the man the myth Beauregard. Oh He's God. a belter. Did you just he, hear that? Definitely. Is. <laughs> he also toured with me with Wicked. Um, I got him like the week before I booked it. And my boyfriend at the time was like, at the time, we love saying my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, you do realize if you get a tour, he's your dog. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then a week later. And so he did the whole year living, living on the road as a puppy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no more barking. Okay. Because we have a very serious conversation. <laughs> this is a very serious conversation. <laughs> Mommy is doing very serious business. Very serious things. I was just going to say, though, Dan, that that, was, that happened in once um, because once everybody was sitting on stage the whole time, obviously, and then at one point they needed to have a microphone removed after the recordings, after they sing When Your Mind's Made Up. Mm-hmm. And David Abelis was just like, this is an opportunity to get off stage and like just like go get a drink of water or something. And so he's like, I'll move the mic stand. And like four people like, oh, well, what if, and he's like, no, I'm moving it. And he just got up, took the mic stand off. And then that was in the show. And so he's the only one who would get a break in the entire show. Everybody else just had to sit on stage. That's amazing. And so he could like go upstairs and like check his Instagram real quick and then go back on stage. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Cause it does dictate like how your whole show works. And like, that was such a big part of waitress was that we were all standing off deck all the time, kind of hanging out because there were so many freaking set changes because it was prop the musical. But enough about us as much as we love to start there. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about you. Okay. Well, how did you start teaching? I actually would love to know that because that's, I I mean, I imagine you're doing that a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Well, I actually, I started teaching um, about three years ago now um, when I was in Kinky Boots. 
but I was an opera major in college. So I went, I went the music route, um, which Joe, were, were you like double majored? Cause I know you play, don't you play an instrument? Yeah. I, I've always played music, but I, I just did, I did musical theater and then played in, in gotcha. bands and stuff. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So you majored in opera. I majored in opera. Yeah. And so I was very music forward, <laughs> music forward in my approach. Um, <laughs> yeah. of, like a fine wine. <laughs> like, yeah. With notes of <laughs> belting notes and dance and acting, but mainly music forward. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did this thing out of singing, dancing, acting, singing was the thing I was always best at. And so it was kind of, I got guided that way. Um, nice. And, and then I kind of came out of it uh, because Jason Robert Brown was actually my teacher uh, he did while he was writing Bridges in Madison County. He taught a master class like for an entire semester at USC. Um, oh wow! And he kind of got me back to being like, you should, you should be doing this. Um, and then three months out of college, I got Rock of Ages and was total imposter syndrome. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, and I had to like relearn how to belt healthily to do 80s rock eight times a week with a live band on stage um, from opera. So that technique work really like carried me through because I did Rock of Ages for a year and a half in Las Vegas. I opened the company there and then went, they took me to Broadway. I got wicked while I was still in Rock of Ages on Broadway. And so my final week of shows, I was rehearsing from nine to five, you know, the double duty thing, nine to five wicked and then doing Rock of Ages at night and then immediately joined the tour. So it was like five years straight of eight shows a week, all different kinds of styles. So I, yeah, I got asked by one of those companies, you know, that was like, hey, will you come teach and we'll throw you some money? And I was kind of like, oh yeah, sure. But what do I know? And I taught my first lesson and immediately it was like, oh, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing. Like it is a hundred percent my passion. I've loved it. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, I was that crazy girl that was teaching two lessons in the morning, running and doing a matinee, running back in between shows, teaching for an hour, then going back for the night show. Um, and that's why when I finished Kinky Boots, I was like, I need a minute. I think I'm a little bit burnt out by everything in general and t- came out here. Um, and so, yeah, then when this all went down, because the show wasn't happening at second stage, I just doubled down on my studio um, when I thought I was going to have to scale it back. And now I have about 75 students which is wow, wild, um, but I teach about seven to eight hours a day. Um, and it's Whoa. pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. But wow. like, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. Like the, the, you know, the diversification when you didn't even need to, that now you can lean on so heavily, you know, 100%. because I mean, of course, no one, no one expected anything like this to happen, right. but you were setting yourself up for one of the things Dan and I are obsessed with right now is just like sustainability in our right. career. Yeah. And you, and have you to have outlast. to be, you have to outlast people and you have to be financially stable yeah. so that you can just like go into not take and not job. Need yeah. Job. Yep. Exactly. And so I just, I think that's so cool that you found something. Yeah. That I mean, you love. I feel so lucky because I'm, I do like, I genuinely love it. I, I, you know, there's that quote that's out there that's like those who can't do teach. And I'm like, I was fully teaching while I was doing, you know, it's, it's something yeah, that right. I love. And I always sort of saw it as, I mean, you never know where in life you're going to go, but I thought that when I got between the lines, I thought, okay, I'm going to scale it back, go and do, we were supposed to have a six month run at second stage. I was like, I'll go do the run. 
and see where I'm at. But then I can like really double down, you know, get some health insurance we love. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then like really either see if that takes me somewhere else. And if I keep performing or if the time comes where I can like really, you know, just start to establish it as a studio. Cause at the time I still wasn't pretty, I wasn't very vocal about it. I was like, Mm. I had plenty of students. I was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, And so, yeah, when this all went down, it really gave me the opportunity to you know, I make it, made an Instagram page and now I have showcases and I have master classes and we have, and every, they've all, my students have all become like best friends in this time. And they're all, mm. you know, some college out of college, that sort of range. Mostly I have some mm-hmm. younger and some older, but mm-hmm. they all just, they like FaceTime each other every night. Like they're just best friends and, and keep, you know, and, and we're all singing at the, in the meanwhile. So it's really kept everyone going and I'm just so grateful for it in general. That's awesome. That's super awesome. I think one of the things that's really impressive about your career is that you have always kind of done so many different kinds of shows. And you've always had that background. But what was the process like to get yourself, you said, get yourself ready to sing Rock of Ages? Like you had this intense opera background and opera training in college. And then what was that transition like? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was scary. I mean, I'm sure you guys have both had that where you're just like, I'm not ready for this. Like I'm not, I'm going to, I mean, I remember driving out to Vegas, just the whole drive being like, why am I even moving my stuff? They're just going to send me back home. Like there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this because I'd never done even longer than a show run for the, a weekend in college, you know? And now all of a sudden it's like, you're leading your faces on billboards. You're like leading this company. Uh, It was so, it was just so bonkers in my brain. And you're playing like a Broadway stripper. Here I am this like, you know, opera (laughs) singing. Like I I was just so wild. Yeah. I mean, that was also part of it where I was like, Oh God, need to get a trainer. Um, but, um, (laughs) I am like fake quit drinking jungle juice. Yeah. I'm definitely in Las Vegas. Like I just graduated college and was not like in the best shape of my life. Um, but yeah, I actually found this incredible voice teacher here in Los Angeles. Her name is Rachel Lawrence. Um, she's pretty well known. She's amazing. And in, in a month, no joke, she got, she changed my technique completely because opera singing, so much of it, it's so far back. It's so covered. It's, it's a different placement in your sort of in your mask. And I was definitely not going to be able to sustain belting in the way that I was belting. And, um, it's very much the technique that I teach, which is just, it's all one voice and that the belt is not a register of your voice. Belting and mixing are techniques we use to get between head and chest. Um, So maintaining one singular sound and adding like rock effects to the voice to make it sound rock and roll without you having to make your vocal cords bleed, basically. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's and and she it's basically getting back to just speaking on pitch um, and all of that. But I just feel so thankful for her for that. And and then when I got in, I mean, the, the issue then was. I was in Rock of Ages, made my Broadway debut in Rock of Ages, which is like totally not anything I ever expected. And um, and then I was only getting sent in for rock shows. And I'm sitting there right. being like, this is not what I do at all. Like I am faking right. it until I make it right now, um, 100%. And I had to kind of push for for the Wicked audition. I pushed for it. My agents didn't actually want, me to send, want to send me in for it at the time. Um, cause they were like, we don't want you yeah. to tour when you're already on Broadway. And I was like, yeah, but like, 
it's wicked. It's wicked. Like, it's yeah, wicked. Right. Um, I don't think I can be choosy with wicked right now. Um, right. And, and then luckily that all happened. And then I, people were always like, Whoa, wait, you have such a beautiful soprano voice. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. That's like actually my, where I'm happiest and where I feel like I thrive. Um, and then kinky boots was just such like, you know, pop Cindy Lauper pop. It's just a different, they're all just different styles, but technique is technique. Yeah, but- and, um, we have to be chameleons as musical theater people. So for yeah. sure, at all. I imagine looking at your resume, like, I mean, I look at your resume and while we don't go up for the same roles, um, <laughs> like yet. It, it's, it's yet. goals as far as the, the like musical theater, you know, like, you know, not being put into one category. I mean, it's, you right. know, you've done so many different things. Um, do you, I mean, this is a stupid question, but like, do you have a favorite? Do you have a, a world that you'd like to live in more? I mean, it's funny. I, I, it's interesting that you say like, they're all so different. They are different music styles, but the characters I've played have all been very similar in a yeah. way. I, I It's very much yeah. my like the blonde comedic, like weird girl moment, which is like who I actually am. So I'm like, great, cool. Don't have to act. We love it. We love to see it. Um, right, right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, I would, I, out of the three, they're all, they all have such, I mean, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. They all hold such special places in my heart. I think Rock of Ages was so, it it just, everything about it was so new and so exciting. And every level of it was like, oh my gosh, this is like, I can't believe this is happening to me, you know? And that cast, like Rock of Ages people are just, they're not like broad, your normal Broadway people. So I got to kind of, come to Broadway in a group of misfit toys. And it was just the mm-hmm. best because everyone, nobody took themselves seriously, nobody. And so I mm-hmm. think I didn't take myself too seriously, which was really helpful later on down the line, especially when you're playing Glinda in Wicked, which is a high pressure situation. It just is. Mm-hmm. And I think coming from a place of like, you do you and like, we're all going to do us. And it's like, this is fun. And this can be really fun. Um, Mm-hmm. It was really helpful for me in navigating Wicked. Um, Wicked was obviously just my dream since I was a kid. So there's so much about that, that every single night I put on that dress and be like, <laughs> like I'm going to wake up from this eventually. And this mm-hmm. is not going to be real. Um, and then Kinky Boots is just the best company uh, of people. It was run, but everyone that was in that, I, I'm sure Dan, you probably had the same experience and same I'm experience. to know, but like, you know, from stage managers to crew to directors mm-hmm. to associate directors, like everyone just was so hyped up for everyone. Like everyone was like, this is, you're, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Which I mm-hmm. think coming from Wicked, which is a little more controlled, it felt yeah. mm-hmm. incredible. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I can come to work every day and feel like I'm valued and feel like what I'm doing is good work and that everyone is here to do it together and it was just, I mean, that show is also just the most fun. And Lauren yeah. is the best, I, I'm track I'll say ever. It, it's the best track on Broadway ever. You, yeah. you get, you're the lead girl. You get the, like one of the best songs. It's so funny. Everyone remembers it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you're in jeans you do and sneakers running around. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yep. Jerry Mitchell would be like, and in this moment, like, you're just like, do whatever you want to do in the background. I was like, okay. Like I could just right. do dance along to my <laughs> friends in the background. Great. We love, we love that. So that I will never take for granted ever. I mean, I, I never did when to, I was in it, but. 
You get to take it home with that scene at the end where everyone wants to cry. Yep. Jeez. It's such a good track. It's such a good track. <laughs> and it's and so also, good for you too. When you booked that, I was like, oh man, this is like all of it together in one. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. I went in for it like a lot of times. <laughs> me too, actually. And I finally, the last time I was like, they don't want me. They clearly don't see right. me in this role. I feel like I could play this role in my sleep. Like this is me. Uh, and then that was, of course, that's the one, you know, the man, my manager's like, they just want to see you one more time. And then, then it happened. So, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. And you closed the company. You were, you, you were in the, the closing company. company. Yeah. Was the, I, I think that closing nights are like more fun than opening nights, even yes. in kind of like a weird way. Was it an absolute rock concert? It was, I actually felt, well, it's interesting. You've have you only closed shows that you originated the character in? No. Uh, what? Uh, no. I've closed a couple of. Sh- uh, no, I've only closed two that I originated the part. <laughs> only two. <laughs> There's um, been too many. He's lost track. Yeah, I know. He's like, oh, let me let me look back, uh, <laughs> go through the files. Um, yeah. Well, it was an interesting question. I was kind of like, uh, uh. Because like I, I it, it broke that, me for a second. I yeah. say that because Kinky Boots, it was so iconic. And by the time I was in it, you know, it, there had been so many Laurens. Um, mm, and yeah. it is kind of, I mean, those roles are semi-iconic in a way. Like, you know, the Annalie Ashford of Lauren, you know? Um, right, right. And I think it, I felt very nervous. I had an amazing time, but I felt this immense pressure to like do it justice for the last time on Broadway because everyone that has ever been a part of that show loves that show so hard. Um, and again, that's all, that's all on me. Like everyone there was just like, we just want to celebrate, you know, but what they did was they didn't really sell any tickets. I think they sold like, they had like, uh, raffles and stuff for the tickets or auctions, but it was, they invited every single person who had ever been in the show to that final show. And so it was like, Anna Lee was there, you know, every other girl that had played, it was there. Um, and, and there were still so many original cast members in the cast that whenever they were on stage, everyone would lose their minds, right? Like it was like mm-hmm. celebrating their work for six years, but it was sort of like, I was like, hey, been here for a year, like feel real honored to be here. You know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I, I get think that, yeah. it just made me feel really nervous. Also, Jerry was there, Cindy Lauper was there, Harvey Firestein was there, like everybody was there. Um, but once it was done... It was like we went, I mean, that finale was unlike anything I've ever, I mean, that was full blown rock concert. And then we had this huge party and like Cyndi Lauper was DJing and it was just everyone was (laughs) there. And that was really cool. I remember looking around being like, this isn't my life. So I feel that a lot, actually. (laughs) That's, that's very cool. such a good show. Like that show. show, it's interesting to think back on the history of that show now mm-hmm. when the time like i think trump had just been elected when i was doing it oh right yeah. so it's like when the show came out it was almost like going to church mm-hmm. and you were all believers right then we were doing this show on tour and realizing that the country didn't look like we thought it did and this actually was a more pertinent message than it was when i was sitting in the audience watching it in 2013. Yeah, yeah. That was what was so cool about the show. Totally. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you ever do it with Jay? Jay, Jay was my first Lola, and I did his final show on the tour before he went to be a star on Broadway. Yeah, he was, and just... that man taught me like about stage presence. Yeah, and owning. First your of all, style. he's like six six in heels. Yeah, but just like he had this this stillness and this like oh man. Yeah, and honestly, this is gonna sound so crazy, but that final show—I mean, it is Lola's show, but that final show was Jay's show. Like it was like. It was, he was un, uh, unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I, you know, I'd, I'd have obviously worked with him for a year by that point. Um, right. And I just, he, he also taught me a lot too. He taught me a lot about owning myself. Cause I, I tend to be, and I, you probably can even tell from this conversation that I'm very just like, I can't believe this is my life. Like what? You know, I just am very, um, imposter syndrome a little bit and, uh, sort mm-hmm. of apologetic a lot for things. Mm-hmm. And he would always just be like, babe, like own it, do it. You know, like you'd like these people, like stop apologizing to people. Stop apologizing when you bow. Like they, you just performed for them for two hours. Like take it in, allow, let them applaud you, allow them to, they want to. And I, that is a, a message that I, I have really struggled with for a long time. Um, just cause I'm always like, oh my gosh, like, please sit down. Like, oh, you know, doing that whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's oh, weird. And I, I always say this too, like in no other job, does everyone get up at the end of the day and be like, wow, wow. You sold that house. You did that. You know, or you like, you answered those emails. And so it's, that spreadsheet was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, weird. No, and especially during this time, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to not have that sort of validation constantly. Um, yeah. To sort of seek that within yourself and realize that you have to applaud yourself every day um, in general. Yeah. So that's really good. And that's, that's a good. great point. Cause it's like, I think that we get, I don't know. I think we get wrapped up in that, the applause element of what we do maybe mm-hmm. too much where it's like, a lot of you know, people just go to work. Yeah. Go to work, put in the, put it, you know, do their job and then go home. And we're like, but wait, did they like me? Right, exactly. <laughs> did, but like, I taught the children today and, and yeah. no one said I did a good job. So am yeah. I terrible? It's like, no. But, but no interestingly one cares. enough, even there, like, I find it so much more rewarding teaching people. And it's not, and it's not like they're applauding me. Oh my God. Can you imagine if all my students applauded me at the end of lessons? I (laughs) I was like, I'm going to need this from you. Yeah. Okay. This is just how it works here. Uh, No, but I just, it's, you know, even just seeing, seeing them discover something or seeing them have a breakthrough is more rewarding to me than if it was happening to me. Right. And that I think is what is, is like changed in my brain. It's like, oh, 
when I, when I give it to someone else as a gift, uh, then I'm able to actually receive it more fully than if it's given to me. Because when people applaud me, I'm like, ah, don't, don't pay attention to me. I'm just, you know, just normal. I'm going to go home. You know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's also, it's a more direct interaction that has to do with like you actually feeling like you benefited someone else. Mm -hmm. Something went right because of you. That is a different validation than I'm going to applaud because it's the end of the show. I think that's the thing that like, it feels like performers have all of this validation because people applaud us at the end. But either it's that you end up taking that for granted or it feels like it's an obligation that there's something that it, 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 that doesn't necessarily fulfill you in the same way. I feel the same way that you do that teaching does or something that's more like a direct impact on someone's life. Um, cause it's hard to remember, this is a big one for Joe that like, there's a kid in the front row watching the show and this is their first musical and you've just changed their life. It's hard to realize that when you're in show number 472. Yeah, definitely. But that is also what is happening. So it's just, I, I totally, I get, I get it. I feel yeah. your feelings. And that's I why when you get feelings. those messages from people, you know, that are like, I was so affected, you know, I had someone send an email uh, to my like website thing recently that was like, I'm still, I've, I'm so affected by your performance in Wicked like three, four years ago. And it was like, I just like, I, during this time, it's brought me so much comfort. And I, those messages just kind of blow my mind because I'm like, right. I don't even know how I felt on that specific day of that specific performance. And you just don't realize that you could really change someone's life. And I mean, I, I, I can't actually like lean into that too much or else then I would feel immense right. pressure of like, you know, you there is right. an element right. of like, right. I'm also a human and I'm doing the best that I can. And Um, Mm -hmm. I remember the makeup artist on tour, Miss Joyce, she's one of the, she's like the, the wisest human on earth. Um, she one time, cause alphabas really struggle. Like there's a lot of pressure there and you know, um, I mean, there is with Glinda too, but I remember her telling the alphabet at the time, she was like, whatever percent you can give today. So if you can give only, if you really feel like you can only really give 80%, as long as you give 80% of 80%, you're doing a good or a hundred percent of 80%. You're doing mm-hmm. a good job. Like as long as you're giving everything you possibly can in this moment, you're doing a good job. Um, so that she wouldn't sort of drown <laughs> in, in the, yeah. the defeat of it all, because we are humans at the end of the day. And we're only, you know, you don't wake up every day being like, I can't wait to do a musical. You know, there's so much. And I feel like, yeah. We perform through through heartbreak, through grief, through tragedy, through allergies, yeah. through sickness. There's just, yep. you know, we're humans. And, and it's also teaching my students that, you know, it's to get a technique that's solid that can last you through all of that. Because you're not going to wake up. I Guaranteed, you're not going to wake up in the best voice of your life on the day of the big audition. Guaranteed, that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. if that's what you're crossing your fingers and being like, well, okay, if I'm like in my best voice and if I really, you know, push for that note and if it's all going well, then it's going to be perfect. It's like, no, you've got to prepare for it to be maybe the worst audition of your life and then you're going to do a good job, you know? Right, right. Um, and accept what happens if it's not, the yeah. 100% perfection thing. I yeah. think like that's the acceptance of that is, is super challenging 
to remember that like you don't win every Super Bowl, you don't win every game, you don't hit every putt. No, you don't, what metaphor God, can I, I throw in here, Joe? Not gotten, you don't like, fix every car. There's a lot of sports <laughs> metaphor. <for there. laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just such an acceptance of failure. This whole industry is an acceptance yeah. of failure. But every single role that I've gotten has been because I've done something so wrong in the audition room. Like I put say wrong uh. with air quotes, but like it, it, moments where I've messed up so badly that I the way that I recover from it, I actually show them who I am. And that's what gets Mm. me the role is like, Oh, this is how she is when she messes up. That's exactly how Lauren would be if she messes up or Sherry. my whole story of getting Sherry is like, truly I did every single thing wrong in the audition to the point where like, once I got it, the choreographer Kelly divine was like, I will never forget your, your like audition. Cause it was just so, Oh my God. You got to tell that story. I want you need it. to tell that story. I want it. Okay. I want the story. Really quickly. Here's the story. So I went in for rock. It doesn't have to be quick. It doesn't have to be quick. Okay. We got, you know, this is literally why we're here. We got time. <laughs> we got time. Uh, okay. So opera major, get an audition. You know, I just gotten my agent, got an audition for rock of ages. Didn't know anything about the show. It was at the, ho- the auditions were held at the Hollywood Methodist church because where else do you go to become a Broadway stripper? Um, and I, meanwhile, was in the final rounds for Emma, Jane Austen's Emma. It's like been circulating circulating around. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents told me not to go to the audition for Rock of Ages because they were like, you're going to blow your voice out and then you're not going to be able to sing the soprano British, you know, what we Mm -hmm. thought was my brand at the time and what was going to be my path, which is just like, life is so funny, throws you curveballs. So I got, I did not take their advice because I was like, I'm not at a place where I can call my agent and be like, actually, thank you for the, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to pass. Like, <laughs> I just like, I was like, I've never been to an audition. So cool. Um, so I go in and, you know, it was like the first thing I don't, how PG is your show? Oh, it's R rated. Okay. Rated R for sure. So there's a line that Sherry says where she's like, you know, uh, I saw this ad for Encino hot tub police. Like I'm not quite sure what suggested fellatio is, but sounds like I better work on an accent is like, because she doesn't know what it is. Right. So I made Uh the, you know, character choice. Choices are free. I made one. (laughs) I was like suggested fellatio is, but like, sounds like I better work on an accent. And the associate director was like, honey, 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 it's, it's pronounced fellatio. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I know that. Like I'm, I know I thought like maybe she didn't know how to pronounce it. Like I was making a good character choice (laughs) was not the choice to make Uh, strong and wrong, strong and wrong. And so then he like, you know, it was like that awkward thing where the girl that had gone in before me immediately came out and like called her agent in front of everybody to be like, I got a call back in the room. Yes. No. Oh Oh, my God. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, And that person was Patty Lapone. Yeah. And then no, that was I, Jennifer. Know, I, I finish or I start singing hard in my heart and I'm singing it like, I'm like, I'm gonna heart in my heart. Like I'm snapping my fingers. Like it's a doo-wop song. And he's like, no, no, no. Like she's a stripper. She's down and out. Like this is not like everything about it. So embarrassing. And he did not offer me a call back in the room. And so I left and was like, well, okay, great. Cool. Um, and then I got surprisingly got invited back to the dance call. 
show up to the dance call. Every girl, there's like 25 girls. They're all in like bra tops, cut off shorts, high heeled boots. This is LA, by the way. Like LA dance calls are very different from New York dance calls. LA mm-hmm. dance calls are like a lot of like backup dancery vibe thing, TV dancing mm-hmm. versus like, I feel like if I went to one in Broadway on broad or in New York, <laughs> if I went to one, there was a point in time where I finally called my agent and was like, if they want a dancer who sings, it's not going to be me. So let's just right. like not put my, put me through that. Um, but uh, she, anyways, I walk in, they're all in broad tops, cut off shorts I was in a black dress and character heels and I wore knee pads because the instructions instructed you to wear knee pads. No one else was wearing knee pads. And I was like, I I remember I was just sitting against the wall being like, oh my God. And meanwhile, all these girls are like psyching because they were looking for like the dancers too. Rock of Ages has like incredible, like hot dancers in it. And those dance tracks are no joke. And these girls are like, you know, leg up against the wall, like in the split stretching. And I'm just sitting in the corner being like, okay, okay, I could leave. I could leave. I'm going to leave. I think I'll just tell my agent this isn't for me. Like everything was like, I I just knew it was going to be embarrassing beyond belief. Um, And Kelly Devine was there. And then we, we start the combo and it's like, you know, to pour some sugar on me, like sexy song. Uh-huh. And I am like in my Leducas. <laughs> I don't even think they were Leducas. I think they were like Capizios, like one inch heel. Yes. Let's be honest. Kitten heel. Yeah. Yes. We had a kitten heel oh, moment. No. And I am like, oh my God, I'm so out of my league. And I uh, like, it was triple. It started triple pirouette, like on your knees, like whipping your head around, like all this stuff. And so what I lack in dance skills, I can make up in personality. So I am like giving face. Like I am like, this is, I love this, even though in my head I'm drowning. And um, there was this part where everyone does a leap of some sort. Like a, I, I honestly don't know what it's called. Um, and everyone did it. And I just kind of gave up. It was like at the very end. And I was like, that's just not going to happen for me today. Um, and she called me up. Kelly called me up in front of everybody else. She was like, Carrie St. Louis, come to the front. And she just whispered in my ear and was like, I don't give a fuck. If you don't know how to do that leap, do something and make it work. And then just was like starting from the top. And I just turned around and was like, and now I'm choreographing something. Like now I have to figure something out. Like I was just like, I don't know what to do. So the dance starts I'm back in the game. I'm doing, I'm doing it. And we get to that leap. And I just walked in a circle. (laughs) No joke. (laughs) Walked in a circle. Like as if it was the coolest dance move she would ever. That's all I could think to do. Like everyone else was doing it. And I was just walked in a circle and smiled. And she was, I looked up and she was like cracking up and just like nodded at me. and was like that. And basically, and then I found out I made it to the final round and in the final round, I didn't get the callback sides. I had never belted. A, there's a high F that you had to belt. Mm-hmm. I'd never belted that before. Somehow managed to do it. But in my head was like, if they make me do it again, there's no way. Um, and then I got the call that they wanted to send me to New York to go to the, the producers. And my agent was like, I don't think we, I had already gotten Emma. I did end up getting Emma. And she was like, it's at an equity theater. We can't turn, like, this is a for sure thing. I think we just need to like say goodbye to rock of ages and like, just go this route because I don't, I think, I actually think she didn't believe in me. I think she was like, this isn't going to happen for you, girl. (laughs) Like, right, right, right. You know, like let's take the job. And, um, and I went for a hike 
to like clear my head. Cause I was like, wow, I got really close to that. And like, how cool to go to New York for a producer session. Like that would have been so cool. Um, and when I got back from my hike, I looked at my phone and she had left me a voicemail being like, I want to make your life more complicated. I called her back and she's like, when we called to t- tell them that you weren't coming to producer session, they offered you the role. And she was like, you leave in a month. And turns out like once I got the part, <laughs> I realized that like I did every single thing Sherry would have done in that situation. Like right. Sherry doesn't, she's like such a fish out of water. And so meanwhile, all these LA dancers are like, you know, doing flips around me. And I just was like, <laughs> like everything's cool. Everything's great. Which is like what the character <laughs> is without even knowing that that was the character. I d- honestly didn't know the show really at all. Um, yeah. So in by being myself, I did everything right. And I think that is just like continued on in, in every audition. I, there's been a moment where I've just done something. So like, I'm like, Oh, well, there we go. Like not going to get that one. And then that's the one that they're like, Oh, they loved you. You know? So Do you remember another one. Do you remember any others? I lo- I could, t- I could go through these stories all freaking day. <laughs> do you have any of any others of those? Like, oh, like this went wrong, but actually went so right. Well, I do this thing called, well, I, I lovingly call it like word vomit where I, I have to say something on my way out of the audition room. Like okay. once I've done all this great work and then I'm like, why? It's like, I'm almost like just dropping a grenade on my way out. Just like, you don't want me. <laughs> you don't actually right. want me. And like with Rock of Ages, it was that I was in, in my final callback. I was in this like tight, you know, I it was like one of my like dresses that I'd wear to like frat parties in college, <laughs> you know, like really tight, like really awkward. Um, cause I got the memo that like black dress character Hills was like not the vibe by that point. Um, oh my God. And- is that the first time you've ever said the word frat party in your life? <laughs> no, oh. she used to go to frat parties. She went to USC, she, dude. I know. Did you hear the way she said it though? I know. She was like, sure if she was comfortable saying it. I think <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Saying it. It's true. I think it's because it was so long ago now. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. so old. That's um, so funny. Oh my God. Remember frat parties? Yikes. Um, in, no. a, in a coronavirus world, a frat party is like, <gasps> I know. Like, oh, man. It's everywhere. <laughs> I know. It's everywhere. Remember drinking out of public solo cups? Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even imagine eating French fries remember, at a bar. Remember bins yeah, of jungle yeah, juice? I know, right. I know. Bins of jungle juice. Tupperware bins filled with jungle juice that we didn't clean between parties. You know, the one that, the one that like, really grossed me out the other day, sidebar, is like someone posted a thing being like, if you've ever been bowling and then like <sighs> eaten food, like everyone's just sticking their fingers in the same hole. Yes. No one's cleaning that shit. Like, and then you're like, e- ah, that just caused me panic beyond belief. I was like, oh ew, gross. We're gross. We had a one of the <sighs> last parties I went to was, was when Frozen was closing. We had a bowling party, <laughs> bowling and eating. <laughs> we're just like giving each other the coronavirus. And that oh, was God. in February. Honestly, that was in you February. Were oh, my oh my God. God. It was definitely there. It was a, a month, run yeah. a month. Um, but yeah, so I do the word vomit thing and I was in this, I was in this tight dress and on my way out, it was the same day as a homeless food drive at the, the United, at the Hollywood Methodist church. And I just like always feel the need to say something. And so I'm walking out and I'm just like, oh yeah, it's so weird, you know, being dressed like this when meanwhile, there's homeless food drive, you know, and cause like I'm dressed like this and they're dressed like that. And like made some like, it was like so lame and so bad. Like you're like, is that offensive? And, Did yeah, I it just was offend so them? Offen- yeah. It was like every, it was just, my brain was just like, think of something to say out loud, you know? And like, I remember finding Neverland I didn't end up getting that, obviously, but it was like, 
the, I did that that scene where she eats or not, oh, she does not eat. Well, <laughs> I did that scene <laughs> where she's coughing up blood. Cool. Same. Yeah. Um, and you know, she's dying spoiler alert. And I did it. And it was like, I did such a, it was such a, you know, soft scene. And I did the whole like coughing thing. And then afterwards, you know, that moment where everyone's like, thank you so much. Like the air is, is now sacred because you've done something really like intense mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, thank mm -hmm. you so much. And I'm like, thank you. And I'm walking out and I'm like, please, 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 don't, 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 don't. And like out of nowhere, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I thought about maybe like getting like blood pellets and like, you know, like chewing on them. And then like, what if I actually started coughing up blood? Cause no. they were like, ha, ha, ha. And they were just like, <laughs> like and I just left the room. God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I say that? Oh, so I just think, I don't know. I mean, with kinky boots, I went in so many times that I think, you know, the first time I was doing way too much. I was doing the most. I had made all these right. choices that I was getting all these comedy bits and it was just like too over the top. And then, you know, they were like, yeah, it just, it just got so many notes. And I think by the time I finally went back in, I, I like I said, I was kind of like, you guys don't want me. Like, so I'm just going to do it the way I, I if it was me. You know, I'm just going to do it if it was me right? and just play it right. super straight and just like, I, yeah, history of wrong guys is like my life. So like, I'm just going to do it, you know, autobiographical. And, uh, and then I ended up getting it like instantly, like got the casting director told me in the elevator after my audition. So like, I just wow. think sometimes you sort of have to get past the idea of it has to be perfect and you have to nail every moment that you've planned in your head. Um, yeah. And I wish so often that I could go back to how low of a stakes it was when I when I did Rock of Ages because I had nothing to lose. So I just kind of was like, well, okay, blah, 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 you know, and now I feel a yeah. little bit more pressure just because I'm like, this could be embarrassing and then Telsey will never want to see me again for anything, you know? <laughs> kind <of> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, right. It gets harder. Right. It does get harder. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What, what would you say is the, uh, like the greatest challenge of your career so far? Interesting. Ooh. One of, well, yeah, I think what the greatest challenge thus far was definitely Wicked. Um, and I think it was riding the line of working for such a big, like a corporate show, mm. um, mm -hmm. where there is just, there's just such an immense pressure 
of like everybody's favorite Glinda, everybody's favorite Elphaba, how people think the role needs to be played, how Mm -hmm. the creative team thinks the role needs to be played. How does it work Mm -hmm. for you? Like that navigating that line of making it my own, but, but also having an outline that was like kind of strict. And also making sure that Glinda is likable I think was a really, like, I think it's a a far more difficult acting um, exercise, not even exercise, that seems right, but like acting challenge than people realize, like that role, like everyone goes into that show rooting for Elphaba, she is the underdog, but Glinda has just as sort of tragic of a story, and I think it's getting everybody on your side without appearing bitchy, without appearing mean. Um, you have to be charming yeah. while you're still kind of like making fun of this underdog. Like there, it, there's such, it's such a thin line and mm-hmm. you have to win over the audience every single night. Like, it, and every audience is different. Every single audience is, especially touring. Every city is different. Um, so right. it was really like getting them on your side when you're not the person that they're rooting for right out the gate. I almost, I mean, it's, it's definitely not the same. And I, I can't speak on this cause I don't actually know what that feels like, but maybe Dan, you can, it's like the understudy feeling of like, I have to get everybody to, to be on my team, even though they're already, there are people in the audience already going, oh man, we got the understudy, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like, and- yeah, she's this, oh, she, they write you off as Glinda right away. Like, oh, she's the bitchy character or, oh, she didn't play that right. the way I liked her. I like that to be played. And yeah, I don't know. And mm. that well, it was I had the same exact problem playing Charlie Price. Yeah. I happened to be the understudy, but just the role itself is a similar thing. It's like you need all they tell you is, oh, you he needs to be likable. You need the audience to love you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Yeah, but every single thing I do makes me a piece of shit. Right. Like the whole show. <laughs> and then I'm gonna sing this like eleven o'clock number where I, I'm just like for me. Like you're an ass. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, yeah. you know. And Glenn is totally the same yeah. struggle. And getting that note of like, hey, so, you know, we like, you know, it's just really important to us like that she's really likable. So right. just make sure that, so just make sure that you don't, you know, and then you're in your head about like, what is likable? Yeah, it's mean? the worst note of all time. How do I be likable? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? Because really what you should have been doing is like, how can I just bring my own weirdness and like improvise my own weirdness in the moment into this? Mm-hmm. And then it, we will like you the way we like Carrie. Right, you know, right. it's probably how I would go back and try and be more like myself to be Charlie Price instead of trying to be likable because that's not a thing. Right, like, right. You have to like turn that into something, but it totally is such a trap. I completely it's get such that, a especially trap. And then, like, when you're trying to do wicked. Yeah, and then with the pressure of that, it's like, you know, you come out of the stage room and people be like, oh, you're my third favorite Glinda. And you're like, oh, thank you oh my God. so much. You know, like it's like, you know, or people just on the internet, they just always, I mean, yeah. I luckily actually didn't have too much of that. I shouldn't say it, you know, whatever, but I, I had, a, I was received well, which is great, but like <laughs> it, it really mess with you because it's like, that's their own personal opinion and what they think. And like, everyone's going to have their favorite and everyone feels very attached to wicked and has their wicked story. And like, you know, it's funny. I just did a Q and a with um, Jen Colella uh, with my mm-hmm. studio. I love her so much. And, um, she, at one point she was like, yeah, I, st- I still have like night terror dreams or nightmares, night terror dreams. 
Those are called nightmares, Carrie. <laughs> um, I still have nightmares where I'm in Wicked and I don't know anything. And she's like, and I've never been in Wicked at all, clearly. <laughs> and then I like asked the group, there were like 20 of us. I was like, how many of us have had Wicked nightmares? And every single person raised their hand. And I was like, that is so wild that like, it's just a universal idea of being in a show that is like that, you know, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was dealing with the pressure totally. of that and leading that company and like being like, am I good enough? Am I ready enough? Am I like, do I know what I'm doing? And just having to like every night give myself that pep talk of like, you're here because you you're ready to be here and you know, you're exactly where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be. And I was still pretty young. I mean, I was I think 24 when I started Wicked and, um, you know, coming from the smallest show on Broadway, again, of Misfit Toys, where it's like, oh, who cares? It's Broadway, whatever, you know, to like all mm-hmm. of a sudden having to respond to a, a huge enterprise in, in, and be like the representation of it was mm-hmm. a lot. And I think I grew up really fast in that. Um, mm-hmm. So that was probably the biggest challenge, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of that, there's nightmares. a lot of that with with Wicked. I think wow. that like you know a lot of people talk about that. You know, you know we've talked to Alphabas and we've talked to Glindas and we've talked to people who've been in and out of it. And it's like it's it is there's a lot that people don't realize. Yeah, you know that goes there. into that. And I think there is something I don't know what the answer to this is, but the the, the corporate nature of theater it just feels like everybody it just feels the pressure and i felt that at frozen yeah that it was like mm. there's so much riding on this yep or at least it's perceived that way in their minds that they know what ha- what can end up happening is that you and they end up taking it out on you know ah. the actors or yeah. you know oh you have to and so then you know somebody comes in and tells you you have to do something a certain way and it you're finds like, its way into a note session that is yeah it finds yeah it's yeah. like it's like, oh, yeah. you know, and so like that's one of my favorite things about therapy where it's like, oh, what you're talking about has nothing to do with me. Right. You right. just got bitched. You just got bitched out at a, at a at a at a meeting. Yes. By somebody who got bitched out by somebody who goes all the way up the ladder because somebody's afraid that they're not going to make enough yeah. money. Yeah. So then what, right. you, what happens is at a Thursday note session, Joe gets chewed out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so I that was a big thing during yeah. Frozen for me. It was just like actually release, release that and be like, oh. You guys, right, right. oh, I, I, so I'm the problem? Right. Got it. Cool, like, cool. Even like, cool, man. <laughs> cool. Keep, yeah, great. Good to know. Yeah, it's like, or we've <laughs> got to keep tabs. You know, we all need to make sure every, you all know that like our jobs are important. So we need to have, a, you know, the associate director needs yeah. to come out every two to three weeks and we have to rehearse everything all over again. It's just like, right. it gets a little like of mice and many. It's a little like squashing, squashing the, <laughs> the thing you love yeah. <laughs> right. you're sort of like okay okay right. I said I my intonation was weird on that one line okay and then that's all you can think about and so that obviously right. doesn't help you move forward um right. and all this to say like wicked I, I I feel like this is like a turned into me like criticizing wicked it it was it made me learn so much so fast and I truly like the all the positives of wicked were all so worth it like it is I had such a wonderful time and I actually like really had a great, you know, I, I've heard everybody's different stories and I had a really great trajectory. It was like, you know, six months on the tour, they were like, you're going to Broadway. We just want you to do four, you know, it was like very easy for me. And, um, and I felt very valued and appreciated. I just think that it's just, 
it's it wasn't necessarily like the company so much. It's that they all, like you said, there's someone higher up, there's someone higher up that is like mm-hmm. riding their ass about all this stuff. And it's it, it falls on us. Um, but it it wasn't like they were like mean to me or I had like a horrible experience. I just think it was like I'd never done a musical where it was that like you really do have to stay in a certain parameters because of yeah. what width yeah. is. Um Right. And, you know, it's a billion dollar machine. It is a big machine. Yeah. It's um, a big machine. Right. Yeah. And if you're the right. like represent representative of that machine, like I felt I saw, a lot of times felt like I was like the face of a billion dollar company. And yet I yeah. am like 24 years old. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, here we go. Yeah. Like we just, we put on the dress and we do it and we like figure it out as we go. And there were very hard days, but there were also just so many incredible days where I was like, Oh, wow. Cool. Like check that one off. Like that is bucket list life things. So, yeah. I just listened to defying gravity in my run this morning. (laughs) I'll admit it. I was just thinking I'm going to have to throw on as long as your mind. They have have a Peloton like wicked thing. I have. I'm a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know. We should get them to put an ad on the show. That's we should. Yeah. Carrie, That's, do you have a favorite book or uh, ooh, or resource p- person class thing that you ooh, swear by? Ooh. I have many. Um. Well, I I mean, I feel like so many people probably have said this, but Glennon Doyle's Untamed. It, I mm-hmm. I read it in one sitting. It was incredible. Um. Also, Normal People. I know that they made a Hulu show, but the book itself is incredible. Um. What else am I reading? Oh, right now, I just read Many Lives, Many Masters. I don't know if you guys have read of this about past life. <laughs> very, oh. I'm very into like past life stuff right now. So don't get me started. Wow. But I also just got this book, Entangled Life. And it's mm. all, it's how fungi make our worlds, change our minds and shape our futures. It's all Adding about that one to the list. Mushrooms and how they are like the network of our entire beings. That sounds amazing. You should I read love, it. I love tree books. Have you, have you read How to Change Your of... Mind, by the way? Just like no. talking about psychedelics here. Just fine. We're going off. We're going off. I love this. No, how to Change Your Mind is, a, it was the best book of 2018. And it's, um, it's uh, I'm going to mess up. What Michael Pollan. Michael Pollan. Yes. Um, yeah. He wrote the food, the, again, now I sound so illiterate. I'm like, he wrote the He wrote Omnivore's Dilemma. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but this is about him like researching LSD and mushrooms and how like it's it's so fascinating like the history behind all of it and pharmaceutical companies and like what how it you know can treat depression and cancer patients and all these things and yeah I highly recommend (laughs) I'm just like books about mushrooms my favorite book about uh about farms and food is the new farm which is about this couple that moved to Canada and started an urban farmstead totally organic and that one's amazing. And then Dan Barber's newest book is called The Third Plate. And it's about sustainable food systems in other countries. Dan Barber's the guy who started Blue Hillstone Barns. And uh, okay. he's basically responsible for the farm to table movement in the United States. That's a really good book too. So if you're into uh, farm are you books, guys, you do you guys, do you guys have like any dietary? Are you just full across the board? I, either? I am, I am lactose intolerant. So, yeah, you know, same. I either I'm, grin and bear I, it or I'm I lactose and should take be. a pill. I like, I, I am the, I'm the same, but I'm just like, like last night I made a, a vodka cream sauce. Ooh, nice. 
you know? Yeah. I'm one of these people who like, I, I feel so much better when there's no, no gluten, no dairy, no, no blah, 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 blah. But I also, I just adore food so much that I'll put myself in pain. (laughs) Yeah. Right. My, My housemates and I, the other day were laughing. We were like, you're like, God, it's just food is food is the real winner of coronavirus. Like food brings so much joy in this in these times. Like it's yeah, I'm full blown vegan now. I've been doing the vegan. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love it. How's that going? It's great. I mean, I watched that. Have you guys watched the documentary Game Changers? Have you heard of this? No, uh, it's similar to Force Over Knives, right? It's it's a it's was produced by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan hilarious and it's not it has nothing to do with like animal cruelty really there's like one tiny little section about it but it's all about how olympic athletes it's about like how veganism is peak athletic physical mental performance um and i watched that and i was just like okay (laughs) i mean i haven't eaten meat since college to be honest so it's been like Mm. i don't know i don't want to date myself (laughs) I'm that person now. Are you guys that person yet? Where you're like, I don't want to reveal oh, how long ago that was. Why am I like that? Um, but yeah, I... Well, you're the only one in this conversation who's still playing roles in high school. So I think you're allowed to... I mean, maybe not anymore. Between the lines... We'll see what happens. I was supposed to play a high school senior. I know. And I turned 30 and I was like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> and now we've been in this for a year plus. Yeah, so no. I'm like, I feel like I've aged years. I'm like, by the time years. it's like finally going to come, they're going to be like, no, she can't. She's this no believable. <laughs> That's so funny. I've been saying that I've been eating myself out of uh, being a leading man and into being a character actor. I love that so for that's, you. <laughs> that, that's, that's been happening where things just don't fit anymore, but maybe I'll get more work. Yeah. You know? You never know. We'll just go I think full Joe Chris gets plenty Pratt. of work. But we'll just sure. go full Chris Pratt in the early seasons of Parks and Rec, and then I'll come back. Yeah. You've always been dreaming about that, Joe. You should just dive on in. I should just do it. <laughs> Why hold back, you know? Just fucking see me in a year. Dan will be like, what happened to you? <laughs> well, I mean, I see you every day, so it's going to be a slow the, burn the, for the, me. The, but the the transition. Oh my, um, oh my gosh. You know, um, quit going for those afternoon runs and just dive into the pizza early, Jack. Absolutely. Just get to it. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so good. Um, Carrie, what is your, uh, we, we like to ask what your most influential musical is. Um, you know, favorite musical, something, you know, from when you were young or something in your career that just like made you love this nonsense. Oh, oh, so favorite musical or what I, what musical made me love this like like whichever you choose whichever you choose okay favorite music top three favorite musicals uh, ready sweeney todd don't pick the wrong ones sick yeah. Todd. i love sweeney Todd. um next to normal and sick. uh the secret garden <laughs> okay in no particular order or in that order um well i think that i think secret garden is definitely number three i think yeah. next to normal sweeney todd we we fluctuate I would say next to normal, I listen to, like, I could sing the entire thing, start to start to finish. Um, But Sweeney Todd, I mean, I just like love horror. I just love everything about it. It's so smart and it's so Mm -hmm. up my alley. It's like, yeah, (laughs) I like want like a cult musical. Like I want something like I'm like into the like dark musical thing, clearly next to normal and Sweeney Todd. Secret Garden is a little less dark, but like, ooh. A bit of Earth, Mandy Patinkin, like top mm-hmm. favorite. 
Like ooh. when I was in high school, I was 15 years old, and my voice teacher gave me that song to sing in voice lessons. <sighs> and I was like, "What is this?" And he and he was like, "Just you have to sing it because it's my favorite song." Oh and my like, god! It became that show is the music in that show is un. Believable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I just actually sang, I did it like one of those 54 below concerts where it was like miscast or, or, you know, whatever. And everyone else saying, you know, you'll be back and she used to be mine and all these things. And I was like, I will be singing a bit of earth from the secret garden. And I did. <laughs> I fully did. I was like, that is, I love it. That's my number one. And I would just listen to when I was like, gonna sing it, you know, be sit. I just have these vivid memories of sitting on the train, just like sobbing, listening to it all the time. I'm like, all she asks a bit of earth to make it live. Come on, come on. Um, but nice. I'd say the musical that was probably most influential to me. Um, it's hard. I mean, I got lucky. I grew up with like a theater company in my hometown um, and we would do full scale musicals with an orchestra, um, a big theater in Palm Desert, California. My first musical ever was Oliver. And I was singing mm-hmm. Milkmaid number two and I had one solo line. And I thought if I did the choreo faster than everyone else, it meant I was the best. So I was on <laughs> and off the stage before my parents could even see me. And I think maybe that, I mean, it just stuck after that. It was like Annie and, you know, sound of music, sound of music too. Although That's in high true. school, I, I got to do, so I went to a prep school on the East coast um, and I got to do Violet. We did Violet and I got to play Violet and Violet, which was really cool. Um, it was even before the revival, obviously. And um, we did it in a round and we had these like square boxes that were the suitcases and they were the seats of the bus and they were, hmm. it was really, it was really cool and really well done. And um, yeah, I think playing Violet was a really awesome feeling for me. And I think for me, it was sort of like, oh, okay, I can do this. Um maybe one day but first I'm gonna be an opera singer <laughs> we've taken up so much of your time and this was really fun thanks for this having me guys so I had fun. no fun I had, we had no fun no uh, we fun, two, <laughs> no fun. Uh, I have Zero. a last question that is my my unreachable star question which is basically like what do you what do you find yourself pointed towards like a million miles in the distance what would you like to do what are you chasing now you know I feel like it's always, I mean, it's constantly changing. I'm sure with you guys too. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely my studio. I definitely know that I will be teaching for the rest of my life. I do know that. Um, It sort of feels like that thing that people talk about when they're like, and then it just became clear. Like all of a sudden I just saw what, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really do like, I can see what it's going to be. 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. Like I, I see it very clearly. So I think definitely teaching um, my studio and continuing to learn as much as I possibly can about the voice. I just find the voice to be so fascinating. I'm the the total nerd that's like teaching for eight hours and then listening to a podcast while hiking with my dog about technique. And then like, you know, reading I, tons of those books back there are just like you know, all about pedagogy and all about the voice and the voice box and the larynx and the tongue and all that stuff. So definitely that. Um, I mean, I would love to be on Broadway again. I would love to do a Broadway show again. Um, I I don't know. I don't feel like that's done uh, in yeah. my brain, which I don't think it has to be done, but you know, you just never know in this industry. I would love to do another Broadway show. Um I feel more drawn to Broadway than TV film. I, I, you know, I think 
we all want to do it all, but I just love singing and I love being yeah. in, I just yeah. love being in front of people and, and having that feeling. Um, it can't be re- replicated really in any other way for me. So I just miss that. I miss like running into people's dressing rooms and being a complete idiot and scaring people. I'm like, I am that person. <laughs> I am. I just love all of it. I, I would always get to the theater like an hour early just to, you know, like hang out with everybody. So I just miss that feeling and like going out for drinks after a show and doing all of that and walking up and down 8th Avenue. So I hope that's in the future. I guess that's not really like unreachable star, but. No, it's, it, that's such an awesome answer. That's yeah. such an awesome perfect answer. answer. I, I, I miss it too. And um, it's crazy. Yeah, right? I can't wait. Like I, I just, and it's the things yeah. that I miss are so specific and like that. Like I miss running mm-hmm. into people on 8th Avenue. Like I was just going to gonna say that. I was literally just going to say that. That's yeah. what I miss most about, about Broadway and about yeah. that community and about that neighborhood. It's yeah. just like you're walking down the street and you run into... You're like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. And I remember 10 years ago thinking that was never going to happen. I remember moving to New York and being like, I'm never going to run into somebody in New York City. I'm never going to... Oh my like, God, all day, biggest, every day. <laughs> and, and and it's crazy. Once a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. when you don't yeah, want to run into yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> but like, or just like going and grabbing my iced coffee every night but, and then going, walking into the theater and, you know, saying hi to the security guard and getting, you know, it's just, there's so, it's such weird things or having Caroline Bowman like scream, you know, hear her like screaming, let it go from the other room, not even screaming, just singing it like an amazing angel. But like, you know, she was in the audition process and just like hearing her sing every day and being like, you sound amazing. She's like, you're amazing. I just miss (laughs) like all of that so much. And then of course performing, but it's the community, it's the people, it's the, it's the whole, yeah, it's the dream of like, I'm never gonna, that's never gonna be my life. And then it just becomes your life. And it's so interesting talking to my students about it too. Cause you know, I forget a lot of the times that that is like something that a lot, like, you know, younger people just dream mm-hmm. of. And so when I just throw mm-hmm. around names, like, oh yeah, you know, Caroline and I should be FaceTimed or, you know, or blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just my life. And then I sit back and I go, oh, that was all I ever dreamed of my life being. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally. I just want to get back to that. I don't really, I don't know. Like, yeah, a Tony Award would be amazing, of course. I mean, I wouldn't say sure. no, but it's right, not, right. that's not what hey, it's about for me, honestly. Right. It worked for Robin right. Herter on this show. She literally, on this show, she was like, I want a fucking Tony Award. And guess what? She got nominated for I it. So that. say it. That's right. I think that we're the good luck chart. Say it on this show. That's what happens. Yeah. That's all the Casey time we Levy have for is next season. <laughs> and then Carrie St. Louis is next. I'm like, I wouldn't turn down a Tony. <laughs> Carrie, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being who you are Thanks and reminding us that me. we don't have to be such mug idiots. <laughs> Smug? 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 Sad? Sad idiots. You're a sad idiot. Thanks for reminding me that we can be happy people and that Broadway is cool (laughs) and that we don't have to be so gloom and doom on this show all the time and just being who you are. You know, doom and doom and gloom. Dan says shit like that and it's like, Dan, is he just saying it for himself? (laughs) You can hear it. No, that was for Joe too. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. We are now part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo! We are hosted by Dan Tracy. That's you. And Joe Carroll. That's me. 
We're produced by Ryan Kincaid and Matthew Mucha is the social content manager. You can find us on Instagram at guys who like musicals on Twitter at musical guys or the old fashioned way at www.guyswholikemusicals.com. If you'd like a chance to be featured on the ask the guys segment of our show, please call 203-900-7990 and leave a message with your question. As always, thanks for listening. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.